Hello friends and welcome to another episode of the Board Game Shenanigans Podcast where we review the games we've been playing and discuss board game related topics. My name is Bob. And I'm Natasha. All right, Natasha, this is the week of weeks. We are... <gasps> top 10. Top 10. We are wrapping up the Board Game Shenanigans Top 100 Games of All, ten, all Time 2022 Edition, 10 through 1. It's a week late because <laughs> this is coming out in January, but <laughs> uh, we did it. This is going to wrap everything up. Um, it's kind of cool. Like I'm, I'm excited for these games. They're all going to be really good. I'm pretty sure I know every single one of them. Yeah, those, I don't think there's there's no there's not gonna be any surprises. It's unlikely, and I do know our number one just based on our previous list. I'm I'm like, I know what our number one game is. I think I know what our like top three are. So mm-hmm. there's gonna be no surprise there. We are gonna review some games in this episode. We're gonna be taking a look at a new one from Capstone Games called Rise, and then we're actually gonna be looking at Potion Explosion. Before we do on any of that, um, so we are coming into one year of the podcast. And I just wanted to thank everyone who's been listening, who people who have emailed us, people who have followed us on Instagram and Facebook. We really appreciate it. Um, it's been a really interesting year with the podcast and just like learning stuff. Because cause the thing is, when Natasha and I started, we really didn't know what we were doing. Yeah. And it, and it, and it I don't know if it's improved. I think it has. <laughs> <laughs> I assume we're getting better. It's definitely been it's been an interesting ride. Episode 50 is coming out next week where we're going to do a basically 2022 wrap up. It's funny because like on YouTube and all the like the board game people that I follow, like they've already all this is already done for them. They're already like looking in a 23 mm-hmm. and we're going to be doing our wrap up basically second week of January. But if I had it my way, I'd wait till like halfway through the year so I could get a chance to play more of the games because the problem is we haven't played them all. Maybe what we'll do is maybe what we'll do is we'll we'll do a couple lists. We'll do a top twenty twenty two uh, games released, and then we'll do games that we really want to play. Because there's one game in particular that I just picked up. Spoiler: This is recording pre January, so I might still get a chance to play it. But it's Great Western Trail Argentina. I finally got my hands on it, <laughs> and I'm so excited to play it. And then. Our board game store had just got copies in of a Czech game, uh, Starship Captains. Oh, yeah, I, I had that too. And that they have a copy waiting for me. And what sucks is these games don't come, they came out in the end of this year or end of 22. So we haven't had a chance to play it. So it's hard to get on the list. But mm-hmm. maybe what we'll do is we'll wiggle those ones onto the 23 list. But I think next week, what we want to do is try to basically just do a wrap up of 22. I think is what we're basically going to try to do in our next week's episode. But again, it's been a real interesting, interesting journey to get to this point. I just want to thank everyone who's showed support for the show, you know, have reached out the comments and everything like that. We really appreciate it. So yeah. Yeah. Thank you everybody. It's nice to have an outlet to talk about games because I can't talk about games with just like anybody. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, okay, let me rephrase that. There are very few people in my life that I can talk about games with. And so it's nice to have an outlet to talk about, like just to be able to talk about games that I like. So I've, I've enjoyed it quite a bit. You know, it's it's funny with the podcast because I've, I've been wanting to do something like this for, I don't know, at least a couple of years. My wife's always encouraged me to do it. And I've always kind of like, nah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And finally getting a chance to sit down and do it. It does. It gives you a little bit different 
perspective or a different like feel about being able to you know express the way you feel about something to a larger group of people right yeah and there's been some stressors and there's been some things and like behind the scenes like there's been a been a variety of different things but i don't know if i would change anything it's been like i said it's been a fun journey to get up to this point so hopefully you know we can keep on keeping on and still doing it so it's interesting too to look back at the early episodes and how we were reviewing like four or five games and now we're only reviewing a couple and i think back then we just didn't know what to talk about and now we can have a general idea of how we want to flow our reviews and stuff yeah speaking of reviews you want to review some games yeah let's do it all right first up i want to talk about rise this is an action selection track movement game designed by remo Kanzardori and marco pranzo are by christian opera published by capstone games in rise you and the other players are responsible for the social and economic development of a city In this game, the players will be playing over the course of three eras, which each have four rounds, so a total of 12 rounds. Each round is broken down into five phases, the first being pretty simple, gain income. Next, players will be placing cards into display. There will be four action cards with three event cards placed between them, so creating a seven-card display. The next phase involves players picking one of the actions they can take. And this is one of the actually interesting pieces to the game. So there are going to be four actions in the display. A player can place their factory token on any space, but the further down you place, the more expensive your action is, but you also get the benefit of any event cards that are in front of your piece. So for example, if you choose the third action card, you would have to pay two money, but you would get the benefit of the first and second events, but not the third since it's after your token. This will also determine player order for the next round. The fourth phase is simple, simply running down the line, activating the cards and events, This is where players will be able to move on the various tracks. The game comes with 10 game boards, each of them with a track on it, representing the different sectors of your city like science, culture, bank, press, things like that. So this game is all about maximizing the different moves you make on the track. So as you move up one track, it could let you move up another, which could let you move up on a different one. So it's it's definitely all about sequencing and then comboing. The last phase is activating any end around effects, checking your money limit. And then players will keep doing this until they've played 12 rounds and whoever has the most points wins. I think what makes this game interesting is that uh, action selection mechanism. And then obviously, like clearly all the comboing and the track movement that you want is in this game. Yes, this game is all about combos and tracks. Do you like tracks? Do you like tracks that allow you to go up other tracks? Do you like tracks that give you combos? If the answer is no, do not play this game because that is 100% what this game is. It is tracks that let you move up other tracks that let you do combos. Or move up a different track that lets you get a combo. Or move up this track that lets you get this. Oftentimes you can go, sometimes you go up a track and it lets you move up two tracks. And then that track lets you move up another track. And then that track gets you this combo which will benefit you later. It's it's fun. That's 100% how the game flows. The the issue with that, so let me get into a negative. I'm going to be so polarized. Actually, <gasps> I'm going to take a negative about oh, tracks on. on tracks, Oh, man. Game? Yeah, so here's the deal. All right, I'm going to be so polarizing in this review, it's not even going to be funny. So I'm going to apologize now. I'm going to be all over the board. I'm going to be negative with positive with positive with negative. I, I, <sighs> sorry, guys. <laughs> so <laughs> here's the deal. So the game, 100%. Is all about manipulating tracks, moving up tracks, and I love that so much. 
I love being able to push up one, which gives me a thing that I can go to this one and move up that one. And then, okay, because of that, I need a little bit of gold, but or a little bit of money, but down here I can move down this track, which would give me that, that coin I need to move up on this track, which gives me, oh, I love it. I love everything about that. Okay. That said, this game, if you play with a player that has AP, analysis paralysis, good luck. Yeah, there's because a lot to think about. there is a ton to think about. And as a, as a person who tries to take fast turns, there was times where I was like, listen, guys, I'm sorry. I'm trying to figure out what my best move is. Yes. Because there's so many things you're manipulating. We played uh we played a four player game and it took a lot longer than what the game should have taken because it was just so much a lot of just thinking. Were you were you the only one learning or were the were the other people learning uh, as well? Uh there was two of us were learning. Okay. Yep. It wasn't just me, it was another guy that was learning as well. So it can it can take it can it can take some time. That would be my biggest thing is it could take some time. But that said it feels like the kind of game that at two players would work completely fine. I 100% agree. And that's exactly what I was going to say. It was slow between turns. I played. I was the only one learning. Um, so everybody else had played before. And I'm pretty quick. But but even I was like, <sighs> it, cause, because when you're learning, okay, you okay, I can go up that track. What Which track is that again? So I look over at that track. Okay, that track will give me this ability. Or I can move up this track, which will give me this ability. If I do that, then I can um, move up this ability. And so, or I can do this other option. So I had to like, you basically have four options, right? And you want to, and you don't know just by looking at it, what it's going to give you. You have to look at the option and then go to the track, see what it's going to give you, which leads you to another track. Where is that one on the board? And there's, they're all icons and you can figure it out quick, fairly quickly, but it takes a minute to even look at what your options are and then then you have to decide which is your best exactly the thing that happens is okay i'm going to move up track a which will let me to move up track b which gives me options between c and d if i take c it'll move up f if i take d it'll move me up g but if i move up g then it'll bring me back to a which that so you're constantly looking at all the boards which again for me i love i love that like mm -hmm. that kind of thing is just fantastic because it just feels like you're doing so much with so little. I think yeah. that's what I love the most about it. But again, that AP aspect of it, man, bum deal. Because it, a four player game was long. And my negative number two, so my second negative with this game and the game scoring. So the very, the very last round, round 12, okay, I'm going to, I'm, I won this game. Okay. I won a hundred and something. And the next closest was like, in the 90s, I want to say. Oh, okay. I knew I won before the last turn. There was nothing anybody could do, at least in my opinion, that I saw that they could overtake me. And that was because end of game scoring, there's there's a couple things you can do. On one of the, we played the B, there's A and B sides on all the boards, and we played the B side, which is slightly more complicated. It's more gamery. I, based on looking at the two sides, I liked B side better anyway. So one of the tracks allows you to trade money for points if you get to the end, which I did. Another mm -hmm. track gives you points based on how far along you've gone. Well, I've maxed out that track. Okay. So mm -hmm. I knew I was getting those. And then the only other end game scoring were end game scoring like chits that you would get on another track. Yep. And I got one of those, but then Jeremy had gotten three. So he had gotten three of the four. So he had a lot more opportunity to score end game points, but he didn't score as many points during the game. 
So yep. I was 90% confident I was going to win before that last round. And I took the very first action. So I was the very first person to go. I did my things, scored my points or whatever. And I got up and I walked away and I kind of just went and talked to some other people until everyone was done with their turn. And then I came back and we finished up the last little bit of end of game scoring. So in some ways it can telegraph who's going to win before the game is even done. You don't think he could have. So if Jeremy would have made it up one of those other tracks, I think he could have beat you. But that just wasn't an option for he him. Was, and the thing is, Jeremy was like, that came out. Jeremy was third. So Jeremy wasn't even the closest to me. Mm. So uh, it was me, Jeremy, Matt and Martin. And Matt was the closest, but he didn't have any end game scoring. We were me and him were both already up on all the different tracks that we were going to be able to convert and get points on. So he would have needed to score probably like 20 points at that very last round, and it was unlikely that he would be able to do it just based on what was out there. Mm-hmm. It's not that simple to score that many points. I mean, it, it does just have this excellent ramp effect where between the different eras, you're going to get like only a couple actions or a couple moves, then you get three moves, and then you could potentially get four moves on tracks. Mm-hmm. So it has this nice escalation effect, but even with that, I don't think... I It felt to me that the last turn didn't matter because I had already locked it up. Okay. And that is a bummer. Yeah, I can see what you're saying. I don't know, like I wouldn't I wouldn't want to like okay, if you're doing really good throughout the whole game and then somebody can just come in the last minute and overtake you, that wouldn't be fun either. But you'd want to you want a little bit of tension towards the end. Am I going to be the I mean, are they going to have more points at the end than I am? Yeah, the the points w- wasn't that exciting, I think is the biggest yep. thing. Agreed. And you can kind of get up on most of the tracks, right? So there was there's just not a lot of like tough decisions it's pretty obvious which ones you want to go up because those will give you the most points so it wasn't like this like multiple ways to victory i think i think there's one good way to victory there okay you you definitely want to focus on certain tracks so this is i'm going to start talking some positives i've told you my two negatives those were my two negatives positives there are definitely tracks you want to move up and everyone's going to focus on those but there's different ways to get up those tracks. That's what I really love is, okay, maybe I don't actually move up that track. If I move up these other two, it'll move me on that one because I've moved up on these. Mm-hmm. So it gives you that nice, like be that ability to like combo through different things, move up here to move here to move there, to move there. It has this like roll and write combo feel to it. Mm-hmm. But the biggest thing for me would be that it's, Without having additional, and because even like coins, the only reason they're worth any money is because you get to the end of the track uh, or get to the end of one of those particular tracks. So again, like I said, that's the that was the bummer for me. But aside from that, I do like the like a little bit of tensions. There was a couple the the decisions that you make for those actions. I think are cool mm-hmm. because you can choose any of them. If you choose one further down, you're gonna pay more money. But a lot of times, those events, some of them are negative. Some of the events aren't great. Mm-hmm. But most of them give you stuff and you want that free stuff. But yeah. you do one of the things I didn't mention in the overview is you get these little tiny these little tiny um cardboard chits that uh, equate to the different tracks and you can acquire them. You get one at the start of the game and then you can acquire them throughout the game. And if somebody places their factory on a spot that's already occupied by another player, the next player in order can use one of those and move up a track. Mm-hmm. So you're thinking about how can I maximize my move? How can I not make it so they're getting something? But at the same time, you know, I want to make sure I get these couple events, but then I really want to go first next round because there's some things I really want to do and I want to make sure I get to these spots first. 
so I can get those things. So there's some good decisions in that very beginning part of it. I really like the action selection, the way that the cards come out and the events come out in between, and you can pay less coins to do just the first. Um, and maybe that's the one that you really want to do that bad. And you don't care about the events. But if you decide to pay more coins and you get to be involved with all the events, and I like, I really liked that part of the game. Actually, I liked that. I think the best. I think that mechanic was really interesting. Yeah, I agree. It was really interesting, actually, which makes this game prime for expansions with different boards and different cards and different event cards. Like it can give you a bunch of different things because eventually you'll figure out what the what the cards are. All right. I haven't seen this card. I know it's going to be coming up, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I like the variability. Like the games are going to be different each game because because of the way the cards and the events come out. You might really want to do an action, but it. It just doesn't work out for you for whatever reason. You can't do it or the events you don't you don't want those events near it or, you know, you're, it's at the beginning and you really want the event. So you're not going to choose that action. So each game game to game is going to be very different. And then I like that the boards are double sided so you can choose which one, you know, each of the science boards are, function a little bit different. I think that's really interesting. Um, I think it'd be a, 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 an expansion would be great, like another couple of boards and a few more cards, uh, maybe, you know the same style board but just you know different different way it functions would be interesting there's a lot to this game and there's a lot that i really enjoyed i thought overall it it felt a little it looked a little dated with the artwork and the cards like the beige cards and stuff and it felt a little cheap and chintzy but that didn't bother me because i think it's a i feel like it's a lighter game so i i appreciated that it wasn't like overproduced or anything too fancy i feel like the level of play matched the the look of the game like it wasn't, you know, it was medium, like it wasn't great quality or anything like that, but that was fine. Yeah, it wasn't a deluxified uh, 40 minute game. Yeah, I wouldn't have paid eight, I wouldn't pay $80 for this game, but I would pay 40 and enjoy it quite a bit and think I'm getting a good value out of it. The biggest thing is the amount of time that you're playing with four players is a little longer than what the game feels like it should be, mm-hmm. you know? But again, I think at two, I think this game would do really well at two. I agree because I don't think there's any value in having a third and fourth player. They're not going to change at all what you do. The game is going to function exactly the same. You know, I think it, in fact, I think your decisions are a little bit more tight because you get a little bit more predictability in what the other person's doing. Uh, I, I think I would enjoy it and I would recommend this game as a two player only game. I would agree with that. The only thing that you would miss out on is if you take a spot with another player, that other player gets to activate their little token. Mm-hmm. and move up one of the tracks that's the only real thing i think you'll be missing out on yeah and you might still do that because you know then that decision becomes stronger it's like a huge benefit to them to be able to do that so maybe you don't want to go to that same action spot you know i think i think a two-player game would would feel even a little bit more strategic in a good way yeah and it'd go quicker and or you can take your time and you can sit there in a two-player game i i enjoy taking my time and kind of mapping out my turns a little bit more because I can do that and if I take a little bit longer that's fine because the other person's also taking that same time to to think about their turn we're all kind of doing that together right and yep. so and you know like okay it's just one other person so there's a little bit more predictability about what they're going to do I think the game would be a lot more strategic and more interesting and quicker and you know you don't feel pressure to be so quick with your turns you know, you can kind of take your time and think about it quite a bit more. And and yeah, I like I like it quite a bit and I think I would like it better at two. 
or only I think I really only played it too. I think it, I think this game is going to be a really good two player game. I 100% agree with that. And then so to talk about component wise real quick, I have a pet peeve that this game does. So there's all those different ten, there's 10 boards mm-hmm. in this game, right? And they're all different sizes for yeah. the most part. There's like two that are they're like set in groups of two that are the same size and like width. But the thing is they're not all like standard length with different widths. They're all different lengths and widths. So yeah. when you set <laughs> it, it up, look nice. it just like, yeah, when you set it up, it looks hodgepodgey as all get out. Like make all the boards either the same length or the same width. Doesn't so, matter yeah, exactly. either one of them. Like if you need a little bit more room, cool. Make them a little bit wider. Fine. Longer. Okay. That longer's fine. Just make them all the same width. Make it so like when you set it up, it looks more like a Yokohama board than it does. That drives me crazy. I don't like. It just, there's no, it seems like there wasn't a lot of forethought with that. And it just, those little things like that bug me because it's, it shouldn't have like gone to production with a thing like that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Here's another downside. Everyone has a different player color, but you have no idea what, what the other people's player color are. So the, so the person across the table is like, Hey, can you move me up that track? I'm like, yeah, sure. What color are you? You have no indication of what color they are. You just have to remember. Like we all need a player pawn or something in front of us that maybe our 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 vault where we keep our money in could be our player colors. Just one indication we know what other people's colors are. Yes, that would probably be good. Which actually talking about the vault, so you can keep only so much money round to round to round. Mm-hmm. And part of it depends on where you are where you are on certain tracks. Like one track in particular, like you could your normal max is five, you can flip your vault and make it ten. If you ha- are on a certain, if you're low on a certain track, like a negative benefit, you can only keep three. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of little things to manage on those tracks because sometimes to move up other tracks, you got to move down on those ones and gain negative benefits, like negative points or negative amount of money you can take, that kind of thing. So you want to manage that. And sometimes you take, quote unquote, an off turn to make sure you manage that and get back up so you can make other moves down the road. Mm-hmm. And I really like that. So, all right. Let's just get into ratings. We've I've, we've been rambling. I think we've talked really negatively about this game, but there's a lot of positive to it. What are you going to rate this game? I'm rating it a seven based on what I played it at. I think it could go higher if I played it at two. I think I would be more of an eight at two. But so far, I'm go- giving it a seven. I liked it quite a bit, despite its flaws. Yes, I'm giving this game an eight. Despite all the negatives that I have talked about, it is a game with tracks. I think the action selection, you know, thing is 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 interesting. I I uh, I like the fact that you have to pick if you still want events, if you want to spend more money, but then you're also thinking about giving other players an opportunity to move up tracks, and then they're comboing again. I really like all the things there. There are some negatives that I pointed out. The production thing, like that, just seems that just seems so unavoidable. Then, you know, the the fact that you can have AP, I think it, like I said, we've talked about it. Two player is where this game's really going to sing at. So as far as recommending this game, I have a difficult time saying you should go wa- go play this game mm-hmm. because there's those negatives that I think are going to push people away. I think it's going to be polarizing. I think there's going to be people who really love it. And then there's going to be people that are just like, well, you know, if the last round doesn't matter, then that kind of thing. If you know, uh, it's AP prone. I don't want to play it. So if you like tracks and you think that action selection thing is interesting 
and you don't mind that it could be some AP prone and you have to make good decisions throughout the game to make sure you have an opportunity to win at the end, even when there's very limited end game scoring, I think you should try this game. Mm-hmm. But for me to be like, yes, go, this is good. Go. I mean, you should go You know, play it. Mm-hmm. I have a difficult time. And I don't think I've said that in any other review. Like this game is a game for me. It's not a game for everybody. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think I would recommend it if you play a lot too, if you like tracks, if you like um, middle midway games, it's not terribly heavy, but it's still thinky. It's got enough puzzliness, but it's not too complicated. You know, it's pretty easy once you figure out the iconography and you figure out the rules. It's just moving, you know, moving up. It's nothing too complicated. It just takes a little bit of uh, to wrap your head around the different options early on. Because there's so many. You have mm-hmm. so many options. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a little overwhelming. Yeah. hundred percent. So that is Rise. Uh, next, I want to talk about an older game. I played this over the weekend with my son and I thought oh, I'd talk about it. Uh, that is Potion Explosion. This is uh, designed by uh, Stefano Castelli, Andrea Crispy, and Lorenzo Silva. The art is by Giuliana Gagini and it's published by Horrible Guild. This is a puzzly set collection with uh, with marbles. It's a family game. So the goal of the game is to collect marbles to fulfill your potion requirements. There is a dispenser that all the marbles go in. And on your turn, you can take any one marble. The marble above it slides down, you know, after you take it. And then if the two marbles that now touch are the same color, that triggers an explosion. And then then you can take those two or more marbles of that color. And then once those are removed, if those marbles, the marble on top slides down and touches another marble of the same color, then it triggers another explosion and so on and so on. Once you have all your marbles, you can then place them in either of the two potions you're working on. If they don't fit, you can hold three of the marbles in your beaker for the next round. Then if you have any extra, you just got to put them back uh, at the top of the dispenser. Um, Any potions you've completed, you you then put those marbles back at the top of the dispenser as well and pick out a new potion to work on. Um, at the end of the game, you'll tally up all your points for your completed potions, any awards you've earned for completing three of the same potions or five of the different ones, and minus any negative points you've taken throughout the game. What makes this game fun is that each of the completed potions have a special one-time power you can use. You have to drink the potion. Um, so you can go, go, go. That's that's an important part of it. You yeah, agreed. Hundred, yeah, you have to. You're, it's a requirement. <laughs> you drink the potion and then it lets you uh, maybe take some extra marbles. Um, sometimes it lets you remove marbles. You can do it anytime before or after your turn. So if you do it before your turn, you can remove some marbles from the dispenser. And then that kind of sets you up for some nice combos, more explosions. Um, there's a potion that lets you use marbles of any color. Potions that you steal from other people's beakers. Just different potions and you kind of mix and max. You only play with six of them six different um, types of potions each game. So it's a, it's a lot of fun. Um, my friend recommended it uh, as a great family game. And the first time I got it out, I was like, this was not a fun family game. This is just picking up marbles off the floor because there's a lot of marble dropping throughout the game. So I recommend playing it on a table <laughs> over carpet because otherwise the marbles, you will drop them 100% and they will roll. And so if at least they're on carpet, they're not going to roll as far. That's that's the big negative is... Um, it's a it's a lot of picking up marbles. <laughs> there, it can, do you have so your version? Does it have the plastic? No, tray I or have is it the cardboard? original, and it's cardboard. And I and I hadn't played it in a while. And I got it out, and it was kind of starting to fall apart. It worked. It was fine. I think I could tape up the pieces that were broken. But that's another negative too. Like the the dispenser matters. Like you can't break because you need it to like fall the marbles to fall down. 
Well, I have a newer version of this game, and it has a plastic. Okay, so if you buy it now, I think you'd be in better shape. Well, I think there was one of the expansions, like the sixth student expansion, that gave you a plastic one if you had the original one, Mm. and then it would give you any. Either way, Um, this game. hmm. Okay, potion explosion. I really like this game as a family game, and I hate it as like a complex strategy game. And what I mean, (laughs) (laughs) so here's the deal. I've played this online with people mm-hmm. and it becomes the most AP prone maximizing thing that I have ever played. When I originally played it, it was just this fun pick marbles. It reminds me of a uh, like Candy Crush or those type of games where you you pull something and then something comes down and those explode and blah 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 and all these chain reactions. Mm-hmm. So it reminds me of that, which I think is cool. I think it's a cool concept, you know, it brings the app world into a analog board game. Awesome. But I've played it online with people and they are so serious about it that I remember getting to a point where I would sit and take 15 minutes figuring out what was the best way I could do my turn. So if I, okay, if I take this, this is going to give me those two things that I can put. Okay. But then it's going to complete that potion. That's going to allow me to, okay, wait, 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 wait. No, no, what I want to do, well, oh, no, what I have, if I do this one, no, I'll use this potion and I'll move this guy. Like it becomes that because you have a lot of decisions, especially if you mm-hmm. have potions. I love that. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying is I would prefer it that kind of just casual, like, yeah, okay, you know what? I'll drink this potion, grab these couple of things. All right, moving on next, that kind of thing. I prefer yeah. it like that if I'm playing with people that are just going to have fun with it as mm-hmm. opposed to the like. People who are like, no, I need to win this game. Yeah, I I played it with my son, and he has no sit in him. Like, I, ha- I can only play games with him when he like I take quick turns, and then it's his turn again. So if I take any more than like ten seconds for my turn, he immediately gets up and like goes and pets the cat or whatever. So he was like getting up every turn, and and I was trying to be quick. I was not sitting there thinking about all my different options. I was just trying to find like one decent option, and it was still sure. But okay, I do have a solution for you. Okay. If you pick up the expansion, I think it's called the Fifth Element. Um, it, you get like a wild marble, cool, whatever. But then you get all these professors that you can play too. And one of the professors, the rule is you have to take your turns. I think it's ninety seconds. You have ninety seconds to take your turn. If you go over ninety seconds, you get a two, like point penalty. Token. Oh, sure, sure, yeah, yeah. And if you play it that way, it is so fun. There is also another professor, so you can kind of pick and choose all these professors you can add into the game. Yeah. There's one that um, if you drop any marbles, you lose a point. And like I joked around dropping marbles like my son is terrible. It's frustrating. But I even drop a lot of marbles like you're constantly dropping marbles in this game. (laughs) And one time, I think one of my best experiences ever playing a board game, we played with both of those both of those expansions together. So you had 90 seconds to make your take your turn. And if you dropped any marbles, you got a penalty. So you had to be quick. You had to be careful not to drop marbles. And it was so much fun. Uh, I remember we were playing and Tom walked in the door and he was like, hey, what are you guys playing? We're like, shut up, Tom. We can't talk to you right now. (laughs) It It was one of the best gaming experiences I've ever had. And I think you would like that, the timer part of it. I because probably you have would, to yeah. just take your turn right away because you didn't have time to think because you needed to be careful not to drop marbles. Well, I've when uh when I originally learned this game, it was with some friends of mine who are they're they're gamers, um, but they're more I would say casual gamers. So mm-hmm. they've played, they have a good collection, and something like this is a good gateway game, you know, for them. 
Yeah. And I remember playing it. And I was like, man, I really enjoy this. That to the point where Ashley, my wife, said, like, I do too. Let's pick it up. So we did. And we played it a few times with some friends and stuff. And again, that casual aspect of it was fine. It was good. I really enjoyed it. And then I remember getting online and uh, one guy in particular, he's the guy that taught me how to you know, play Voyages of Marco Polo well. Well, he didn't teach me, but I saw how he played and I was like, okay, that's how mm-hmm. I learn. And a very strategic player. Correct. And so he's like, hey, you, you guys want to play some potion explosion? So he set up a couple of games and then <laughs> just the, the sheer amount of time it took between Do you play turns. like in real time then? No, no, not on. I haven't played it online in a while because I got I I enjoyed the game as this like casual fun. Like, yeah, just pull some marbles, see what happens, you know, drink some potions, this fun, whimsical kind of just experience. Mm-hmm. Right. And then I played it online like that, and I was like, "This is not the, this is not what I want from this game." So I didn't play it. I still own the game, but I haven't played it in a while because of that. And my wife, my daughter, and I are playing through uh, the campaign of Stuffed Fables. Mm-hmm. But this is one of the games I want to teach my daughter uh, because I think she would really like it. I think she would yeah. be able to put that spatial reasoning together. So I'm excited to show it to her. But we got to play through the Stuffed Fables campaign first. Yeah, I totally recommend this as a family game. I recommend. I still like playing it with other people. Um, I would just set a timer. You know, if, if you know, if you don't, if you go, okay, I want to play it with gamers, fine. You have two minutes to take your turn. Yeah. And then your turn's over. If Whatever you don't get done, you don't get done. Because you can't sit there and overthink it because it does become too much for sure. But I think it's still fun, especially for playing online. Who cares? Let them take their time. I uh, um, have the app. I bought the app one time with a, a deal with you get three games in there. Yeah. And the app is really good. I play it all the time in the app. It's it's a little, it's easier because obviously you've got the whole marbles dropping on the floor thing that doesn't happen in the app. <laughs> yes. And I play with just an AI. So I can take my turn if I want. The only downside is you can, there's no back button, which makes sense because obviously it's, it's kind of cool because some of the like two thirds of the marbles are showing and a third of them are covered up so sometimes if you take a top marble you might you don't know what's coming down so you don't know if you're going to trigger an explosion so you obviously you can't back button but if you accidentally hit the wrong marble like you're just nothing you can do about it that's the only downside about the that app but other than that it looks really good and it functions really well um i really like it it's well done i like the game too like the, i think the artwork i like horrible guild games a lot i i love their colorful artwork and they're kind of um cartoony like kind of but still kind of gross it's cute you know mm-hmm. and Agreed, all the right yeah. ways. i like it quite a bit i highly recommend it as long as you don't mind picking up marbles off the floor constantly <laughs> i don't honestly most of the games i've played i haven't had that experience but i could definitely like i'm i assume i will have that experience playing with my daughter yeah you will but the nice thing is you have that um recessed board game table so yes. you it, yeah. they'll just roll on the table it won't fall off so I'll have that going for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are you rating this game? I rate it an eight. I like it quite a bit. Um, the only my the only downside is the is the the dispenser is made out of cardboard that falls apart, and of course the marbles like constantly having to pick them up. But yeah, fair enough. I'm I'm <laughs> so I'm gonna be really weird this episode because my rating for this game is going to be an eight, playing it with like as a gateway game. And a mm-hmm. seven playing it as an AP prone game. <laughs> so so seven and a half is what we're going to land on. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. That's Potion Explosion. Check it out. Well, that's going to wrap up the reviews for this episode. We are going to take a quick break. But when we come back, we're going to round out the board game shenanigans, top 100 games of all time. 
doing 10 through number one. All right, welcome back. We are now going to be getting into the final tent games of the board game shenanigans. Top 100 games of all time. What, what? 10 through number one. I'm like 90% sure I know all of them all, which mm-hmm. means no I'm surprises. really excited. Yeah, there's not going to be. I guarantee it. But I feel like this is my list. Last week was a lot of like really high up for you games. Yep. This one's really high up for me. I think my like my one through 10 is like your 20 through 30. For the most part. Yeah. And there's, well, there's a few in your top 10 that I've never played either, or I actively don't like. Where, like, I think all of my top 10 games are on your top 100 or at least close to it. Mm, sure. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At least pretty, pretty far up there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm, like I said, I'm pretty sure I know what I'm, but let's kick it off. Let's do it. Uh, do we have to do the thing? All right, let's do the Quick. thing. We we did a formula. We got to combine top 10 games. <laughs> board game machine against top 100 games of all time. Yeah, based on it- <laughs> both of our top 100 list. Combined, averaged, added up points. That's they got points. Left. They put them together. And here we go. <laughs> all right. Let's if you want to know, go back to listen to the other episodes. Uh, our number 10 is probably Bob, is Bob's lowest rated game. It comes in at 38 for him, but it's my number four. Can you guess what it is? Um, uh, it's Orleans. Uh, what? Orleans. Yay! It is Orleans. I love this game so much. We played it at Origins um, again this year in the, a tournament, and I won, and I got the newest copy, so I got rid of my old copy Got the new one, which had a couple little changes. I love this game so much. It's a bag-building game, so you pull out chips out of your bag, and then you put them on your board. You can kind of fill in wherever you want, and then you get to do special things, like either get more chips, or you get to move along this road to collect uh, resources. It's very Euro-y. It's very bland looking. It. I think the art is really bad. I would love to take this game and redo it with a better theme um, just because it's kind of ugly. But I still love this game so much. It's like one of, it's my number four game of all time. Like I just love it. It's funny you should mention the artwork in this game because guess who does the art? My favorite artist, Clemens. Clemens Franz, baby. It's like so... This is like the <laughs> ugliest, the, I would say the best ever ugliest game. Like if it was like, what game you like the best? That's the ugliest. It would be this one. It's so <laughs> ugly. The people are ugly. The art is ugly. It's like this really ugly beige Ugh. throughout this whole thing. The theme is like stupid, like Orleans and <laughs> 1500s. It's, but the game, the mechanics are so good. You get the, the luck of the draw, the bag building, but then you get to weed out your bag and send them off to get special points. You earn points by collecting resources. It's not boring, but it's fun. I promise. It's like straight. If you like, imagine Euro. Imagine the Euroist, Euri, Euro, Euroist, Euro, that ever Euroed. Yeah. Euroist, Euro, that ever Euroed. Say that three times fast. Yeah. yeah the theme this is, is non existent. The artwork is bland and beige. But man, it's just so good. So good. It's like, I think, here's the deal. I think if a game's art is by Clemens Franz, you should just pick it up and play it. Because you clearly love all the games that he does artwork. I for. do. There's a so, strong correlation between games. There's a hundred percent. That line would just be <laughs> direct correlation. I love it so there. Much. That's yeah, so he, good. he's my man. I can't complain about him anymore. Because obviously I love all the games he does. He yeah, for. there's just something special about the stuff he does with his game. If it's ugly, I'm gonna like it. 
Oh my god. Uh, At least it's yeah. it's better to me. Like boring generic hero is better than generic fantasy. So I will say one thing. I do have a stipulation when it comes to this game. Is there's a market? What is that board that you send your things off to? Oh yeah, I don't know what it's called, but yeah, you, that's how you clear out your um yep. your bag. You send them off, then they're removed from the game, and we get little special things. And then right, that board there. Mm-hmm. There's a there's one in the trade and intrigue expansion, mm-hmm. speci- specifically the trade side. Um, I love this game so much more with that board. Yeah, because the I one like in the base too. game is just kind of it's blah. Yeah, I, I definitely recommend that expansion. It's fun. It adds a lot to it. You know, just even just that board alone, you you're more like you want to get out there and get these things out of your bag quickly. I like. I know one time I had played. I had weeded down my all my pieces, so I knew I had like. Uh, exactly maybe one extra piece so every time i drew i knew exactly what i was going to get and i just did the same turns over and over again which was moving around the board and planning houses which is a big part of getting points it was fun it's a yeah. fun game and you get a little extra buildings you can build that are only yours you do special things um great game despite the being a bland euro yeah that's orleans check it out or orleon orleon all right, number nine, another <laughs> Euroy game. I kind of ugly, especially the monks. This is really close with us. It's uh, nineteen for you and twelve for me. I love it quite a bit. Uh, that is heaven and ale. Ooh, yes, I love this game. This one's a uh, a little bit more colorful. Let's see who does the art for this. I'm looking it up. I it's, hope it's Clemens Franz. I would not be surprised. the The faces of the monks, like it's yeah, not. It's I'm gonna Christian Fior. Christian. Okay. Okay. It's very close to Clone Franz art, but it's a little bit more colorful. I yes. will say that. It's, a, it's still a little Euro-y. Uh, this game, you're moving a rondelle. You're building um, your little hexagon tiles. You're collecting tiles and building them on your board, kind of escalating. Um, there is a huge, a lot of tension about where you go around this rondelle because you want to hit up those good spots, but you can only go forward. You can't go back. And you got to be the first one there, but you really want to stop at this other place to get this one, which will benefit you from this move. But if you don't go there now, somebody else is going to beat you there. So there's just, this game is filled with so much tension in all the right places. And I love it. I love it because of the tension of when to move and where to go, especially at four. A hundred percent. With that tension comes uh, really tight economics with it too, because mm-hmm. you have the light side and the dark side and one side costs twice the amount. Mm-hmm. The other side costs the same amount and one provides you... Um, pushes on a track and the other one provides you yeah so there's the it just the the amount of thought you have to get into it that you're trying to you're trying to get the things that you want but still have money left over to do things it just it just comes together in such a nice package i think the scoring is wonky but creative that i think new players playing it for the first time i remember teaching this to my wife and at first she's just like what are you talking about i was like well we're gonna have to play a game kind of to get through it and then you'll see how it's scored but mm-hmm. as soon as we were done, she's like, all right, let's play again. Yeah. We probably played it like six, seven times in a row because she enjoyed it that much. But oh, the scoring is so weird. It, it's so good. Yeah. You don't need to understand it to know to do well. Basically, you can tell somebody, try to get up as high as you can on these tracks, you know, and and, and make sure that you're fairly even. If you've got one that's far behind, try to get that one up. You yeah. know, that's what I would tell people. Don't worry about how it's going to score. Just You just got to get up these tracks. Like, that's the biggest thing. Agreed. However you can get up is fine. All right. That is our number nine, Heaven and Nail. Our number eight, oh, another one I love so much. It's my number three game of all time. It comes in at 28 for you, Bob, and I'm kind of surprised I thought it'd be really high for you. You know what this game this is? Blood Rage? Yes. 
Yeah. It's 28's high. 28's I a know, good number. It's, it's a good rage. spell. Oh, I love Blood Rage. I was hesitant. I don't think I played it for a couple years when it first came out because I didn't think I would like it. It's a dude's on a map game, but it's very Euro-y. Surprise. That's why I like it. <laughs> it does have... So it's drafting. So if there's certain things you know that we like, we like drafting, we like rondelles, we like tracks, like all these things. The drafting portion of this in the very beginning is so tight. Be- well, it, it creates so many good decisions because it's your strategy for that particular round. Yes. Right? So you're trying to pick cards that you can utilize. And sometimes you'll grab a couple cards, but then the cards you're hoping to come back don't. Mm-hmm. So there's just so much tension in that drafting of trying to get the things you need to like do your strategy. And then in the next round, in the third round, you know, you're already seeing somebody's going for the Loki strategy, Natasha, obviously. Mm-hmm, so you got to try to like hate draft those cards from her so she doesn't get them so she can stop killing herself in combat. <laughs> I love games that I don't have to be the biggest, baddest guy and I can still win. I can win by losing intentionally losing combat. And that is so fun. I love the way the quest cards work. The monsters are fun. But I usually don't get monsters because I always try to die. I love the monsters. I love I love the monsters the most. Mm-hmm. I love getting them. Even when I painted them, that was the that that was the most fun painting the big ones. Yeah, I, I just I got my. I'm gonna, that's my next thing. I'm gonna paint Blood Rage next. I love Blood Rage. I mean, if you like dudes on the map, you gotta play this game. If you like Euroy games, you gotta play this game. Um, I think it still holds really well. I don't know how old it is now. It feels pretty old, but it's probably still less than ten years old. Yeah, 2015. So seven years old. It's, it's still fairly, fairly young, and it's it's really good. I enjoy playing it. We played it a lot last summer. It was it was just a lot of fun. Yeah, that's I really, really like what shot it up for me is because we've been playing it so much lately. Solid game. Mm-hmm. All right, that's our number eight, Blood Rage. Number seven. Um, this one kind of surprised me. It was number eight for me, so it's in my top ten games, and it's eighteen for Bob. That's Coinbra, and we haven't played this in a while, so I was surprised to see it so high on my list. But I love it. It's tracks and dice, which are things that we both love. Um, it's There's also- a trend. There's certainly a trend. <laughs> There's a trend. <laughs> this one is also what I love about it too is how colorful it is. I love the artwork and the color in it. It's just really, really vibrant. Um, it's a card game. You you're drafting these cards based on the dice that you roll, and then you're moving up tracks. So there's a set, you know, like a rummy style set collection. I really like that a lot. I love cards and I love set collection. Um, and then the moving up the tracks too. When you're drafting the dice, there's a lot you have to think about. So you have to think about the color of the dice because mm-hmm. it matters because that's where you're going to get some cards, right? Yep. And then you got to worry about the pip of the dice too. So there's a there's a lot of different, well, no, you move up the track of the color it is. Yeah, you move up the track, the color that you spend, but then you can use the die in the in the you know card columns. So you have to yeah, think yeah, what yeah, cards yeah. you want. And, and it's really hard. The, you don't you don't always want the high dice like sometimes you want the low dice on this one track so it's interesting the way that the dice all shake out and it's just a really good style game it's just kind of right up what I like you know right up my alley I love the fact that the color and the pip of the dice matter yeah you're thinking about both and because of that it adds more decisions when you're instead of just saying all right I'm always gonna pick the six dice no you're probably not. You probably need a purple dice or you want that orange dice, but it only has a two on it. Okay, I can make that work. 
mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. So it's, I like how it puts it all together. And it does look for a, a euro of trading in random places and blah, blah, blah. It yeah, does I look can't very colorful. What the theme is. But yeah, it's very colorful. It's a, it's a euro thrown and through, very themeless, but the color and the vibrancy really makes it uh, appealing mm-hmm. and kind of draws you in. I'd like Agreed. to see other Euro games look like that. That's what I'd like to see all the ones look like. Is something like that. Even without the theme. I don't need a theme. I just like something pretty. Come on. And that's why I love coin, coin breast so much. That's our number seven. All right. Number six. I think we can. This is going to be a big spoiler, but it's not going to be a surprise. Number one game of 2022, Bob. Planet Unknown. Yeah. This comes in at 14 for me and nine for Bob. It's already shot up to his top 10 games of all time. Jeez. I. Yeah, I gave this game so I I don't remember what I rated it when we did it when we rated it on the pocket probably nine or something like that. Oh, and then uh, my time. wife and I played it, and I was like, I remember sending you a text. I'm like, I'm changing my rating for Planet Unknown to a ten. <laughs> <laughs> I love because this when game we finally, so much. Finally, played all the different uh, special powers. We flipped it over, and you played the backside, and man, yeah. that just got even more interesting. It did. 100%. This is such a great um, entry level game, even because it's just. You're just polyominoes. You're, you know, you're picking polyominoes, putting them on your planet. You're moving up tracks. That's it. It's not terribly heavy. You know, no, I play it with my, my kids. They they enjoy it. But it but it's got so many great decisions. And you're playing. You can play up to six people all at once. It doesn't take any longer. In fact, it's probably shorter because somebody's going to screw it up and it's going to end the game sooner. But because you get a lot less choices, you know. So it's still, and it's still good at two. Like yeah. we played a two player and it's still good at two. Yeah. You got a lot more choices. You get to kind of do what you want. The game's going to go a little bit longer because you're, you're picking more of what you want. Your score is a little higher. It's really, really good. What I also like about it is there's the generic version of the there's the generic version of the planets and the generic version of the corporations. But then there's the alternative sides that give you some advanced stuff, and you can play an advanced game yourself while somebody's playing the intro game or the like standard. Mm-hmm. And I think it'll work just fine. Yeah, like you they don't have to all. Yeah, you don't all have to play the advanced version, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. Yeah, I love this game. So good. That's our number six, Planet Unknown. All right, number five. Here it is: the best game of the West Kingdom trilogy, Paladins of the West Kingdom. God, comes so in at thirteen for me and eight for Bob. One of his top ten games. I still remember playing it for the first time and saying, "I remember looking at you and Jeremy and saying, this is a top ten game for me.'" Yeah, uh, just the way it all comes together. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so puzzly, and there's tension, and there's just so many different things you can do, different mm-hmm. avenues that you can go down. But it moves such a, a good, good game. Clip. Yeah, it's good. I love the artwork. I think he is um, actually my favorite artist of all time. The Miko. The Miko. Yeah, I mm. love his art, and and I don't typically like gritty artwork like that. I like more pretty things. But I just love the cartoony uh, look of his people. I love I love the colors and the, the outlines. I just, I love it. I love all those games. I cannot wait to play Wayfarers. That one just came out. Um, that one's going to be one of my ones I want to play of 2022. We haven't gotten to yet. Yeah. All right. That's our number five, Paladins of the West Kingdom. All right. Number four. This is an old one for my buddy, uh, Clem and Franz. <laughs> Did the artwork. Uh, yes. Although I will say this yes, is one Clements. of my favorites of his artwork because it is not beige. It is blue and white. This is number five for me and uh, number 11 for Bob. 
Uh, it's the Uli Rosenberg game. Our favorite Uli Rosenberg by a mile. That is Lahav. Le Havre. Le Havre. Le Havre. I don't know. I can't. I can't say things correctly. Um, you gotta have you immigrant parents this... that give you like you know teach you to roll your R's is what you need. This is a worker placement with one worker. You're just moving around the board. You can either go to the harbor and collect all the goods on the spot, or you can go to a shop, either your own, or you can pay to go to somebody else's, and then just you know kind of convert things, right? You can convert grain to bread. You can convert beef to steak or leather, and then you. You build boats, which help feed your people, because this is an Oli Rosenberg game. You got to feed your people at the end of every round. Yep. Um, but your boats allow you to ship goods for victory points. Uh, very, very Euro-y. Why is it so good? What makes this the best one? I don't um, know. It's one of those games that like I'm so bad at it that I just want to get better. Every time I play it, and for the most part, when we play it, it's either two or three player. I don't think. Only. Yes. I don't think I've ever played it beyond three player. No, I haven't. It and just, I don't want to. I do, Yeah, I just yeah. It's very much a good two three player game, and every time I've played it, as soon as we we're done, I'm like, okay, let's do it again. Mm-hmm. That's instantly how I feel about it. Is because I want to be able to do better the following round, and the the amount of tension that you get from all right, you move your boat. Now you have your choice: do you go activate a building, or do you scoop up one of the pile of goods? Well, mm-hmm. there's only four fish, but there's six wood. Uh, does Natasha, Natasha's, if I don't take that, Natasha's going to take it on her turn. So I need to take it from her. And mm-hmm. at, at the end of the game, it seems like clay isn't that important. So you pile it up, but then you can turn it into brick and then you can sell the brick. Mm-hmm. It just, there's, there's so many good you decisions. You buildings with the brick. You need yeah. brick to build buildings. You need steel. Yeah. You need all this stuff to get and it escalates in this really wonderful way. The, the way the buildings come out. And then all of a sudden there's like, like 10 fish and you're like i'm not even gonna take the fish because i can do something even better in it's a we rosenberg game that you're not starving you know and you just get a lot of things which is really fun you get to do a lot um it's long and meaty but but at two you're just back and forth back and forth and it, it's just really enjoyable and and uh meaningful and if you are interested in playing it i highly recommend if you don't have a group to play it with i highly recommend getting the app the app is really good and um, you can play it there, you know, for just like, I don't know how much it is now, probably six or $10 without having to buy a game and finding people to play it with. And you get the whole experience if you're interested in trying it out. It's a Uli Rosenberg that doesn't feel so punishing. Yeah, it's still tight and you're still trying to figure out how to feed your people, but it gives oh, you opportunity you can, to do it. You can go into debt, which is fun, which is, isn't terrible strategy. You can go into debt, which gets you some, you know money obviously more money which you can use to buy buildings or whatever you need else in the game but of course you have to pay interest on these loans which can which can if you don't have the money to pay the interest then you take out more debt so you can kind of get yourself into just some trouble but there's some real strategy in, in going into some debt early on and building up some things later for the game because it really escalates yeah agreed it's it's really a really good classic game that is La Havre. highly recommend our number four all right number three you got to know what this game is, Bob. We haven't mentioned it yet. It's your number four. My number 11. We talked about the card game, but you still like the base game the best, or the original, the OG. Terraforming Mars. Yes. Terraforming Mars, yes. Yep. Yeah, I knew that was game, up here. Yeah. Every time I played, the first time I played it, I was like, man, this is this is not fun. Because all I did was collect cards and didn't have enough money to actually play any of the cards because I spent all my money on getting cards. But once I learned that lesson... Every time I play it, I have enjoyed it more and more and more because it is a very heavy game. 
Yes. Um, and there's a lot to learn and there's a lot to manage and a lot to keep track of. And the more you play it, the better it goes. And it is ugly. Not Clemens Franz ugly. It's like worse because at least Clemens Franz is like looks the same. You can count on him. Consistency. Yeah. There, this, unfortunately, the art in this game has very little consistency in it. And that's that's a bummer. 100% that's a bummer. Um, I think what I, I the fact that cards can set you back it seems like such a trivial thing that you have to buy these project cards, mm-hmm. but it's so important because you do not want dead cards in your hand. And yeah. anytime I've taught the game after realizing that that's a thing, I always tell people it's not the best decision to take every card. You need to truly figure out what cards it is you want to play now. because you buy them for three. You can sell them back, but you sell them for like what? One? One. Yeah. You barely get anything back. So- you need to make sure you're taking the cards that you want to use. Mm-hmm. And don't even bother taking cards if you can't play them within the first beginning part of the game. Because they're yeah. just going to sit in your hand. You'll get more cards later. Especially the ones that have very strict. Like if you if it's the very beginning of the game. So in this game, you're trying to increase the three attributes. Put water tiles down, increase oxygen, increase temperature. Mm-hmm. Well, you're if one of the cards is like, you can only play this card if oxygen's, you know, at this and you know, heats at this and it's early on the game and you're nowhere even close, there's no reason for you to buy that card and hold on to it for five, six turns. It's just Mm -hmm. a dead card. Yep. And that is a hard lesson to learn. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. This is, this is a classic game. Very popular, very good. A lot of people like it, um, but it is very heavy. It is. Yeah. It's, but it's, it's, you draft. I recommend drafting the project cards round to round. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, just Playing everything comes together. Expansion. That starts yep. the game off nice and quick. You kind of start yep. instead of starting at like on round one, you're starting at round five basically because you all start off with some special things, which really speeds up the game in the yep. best way. It gives you a head start at the beginning, which I love. Great game. Our number three best game of all time, Terraforming Mars. All right, all right no. number two. I know this both two. Was, and, okay, I, I, I know two and one. This is my number two game of all time. And it almost became my number one game. And I was debating because we've been playing it so much. We talk about yeah. it a lot. We that do. Yeah. The crew and specifically Mission Deep Sea. It's Bob's number six. I love trick taking games. And I would have never in my life thought I would have loved a cooperative game this much. This is a cooperative trick taking game. If you like trick taking games, you can play this game. But it will blow your mind and you'll screw it up early on but once you get it once it clicks for you man is it fun i don't know because there's times we just recently played it we played what five six rounds just waiting for somebody uh games to wrap up mm-hmm. and we were playing it and i threw a card and you're like bob what are you doing and i, was, I looked down i was like what and i was like ah oh, whoops i'm not no no i'm gonna take that back and you can share information so i'm like this is the card i'm gonna share my information of but like <laughs> i was <laughs> i still screw it up from time to time yeah yeah i will say it um, if you play it and teach it to people who have played a lot of trick-taking games, it will be really quick and they'll catch on really quickly. But if you play it with people who are not familiar with trick-taking games and you play with them and, and they play this card and you're like, why the heck did you just play that card? Or like, oh, oops. Like, there's definitely a curve here. I would recommend playing it with people who all like trick-taking games or if you have a group that don't, then you all don't. So you're all learning together. Because there's definitely a learning curve, and I noticed that quite a bit. Agreed, yeah. But man, it's it's such a good game, and I, I just love it. I could play it all the time. So uh, 
real quick. We, we've talked about uh, this Dice Tower cruise that we're going on, so we're going to have plenty of opportunity to game. And one of our friends, Marty's now coming with us, which mm-hmm. is really exciting. So there's we're going to know a few people. And one of the things that I want to do, and I've said it to Natasha, I was like, we need to get through the entire log book or mission yes. book of the crew. So we will have, like, I'm probably, I know I'm bringing my copy unless you're going to bring yours either way, either one, six, six to one, half dozen, another, but specifically, cause I don't want to have to wait to like check it out of the library. I just want to be able to have it mm-hmm. so we can just sit and play. And even if we were like waiting to get on the boat and we play a few rounds, I want to play through that. I want to try to get through the entire book is what oh, I want to try to I do. think that's a great goal. We should definitely do this. I actually recommend this game for a lot of people. If you have like a family member in your life who likes trick-taking games this is a game that i think you guys could get into yeah. and it, i highly recommend it it plays great at three to five there is a two-player version of it it's it's not the best but it's decent it's not bad to play i didn't mind it at all actually i don't know if i'd ever play it too it's it's best at three but it yeah. scales really well especially the the um deep sea version scales the best to three the original version is really best at four it, yeah. it's really easy at three and a lot harder at five uh, yep. But, it, you know, it's still good, too. All right. Number one game of all time. Yeah, we all no know surprise. this one. Yeah. My favorite game of all time. This is comes in at number two for Bob, which is why it landed on our number one spot. That is Scythe. And I think what pushed it to the number one for me, I don't know about you, Bob, but is the Rise of Fenris expansion. We just had so much fun. And I think when I say we, I mean me and you. I don't necessarily know that the other people at the table had as much fun (laughs) playing this game as we did, but we had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Uh, uh, Yeah. Um, Part of the... (laughs) We did. It was basically... you. It was between you and me. Like you you and I were both like, either if you didn't win a game, I won the game. Yeah, and I do feel, and correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like you're somewhat salty about the fact that I won the overall campaign. Um, Yeah, and I don't remember how it came out. I think we just need to play it again. Yeah, fair enough. Let's just do a redo. and We're not doing a redo. We'll just do it again. I think you won like, not... the last game and it came down to that. And I'm like, mm, yeah, eh, I don't know. That's not how I recall it. I recall that I played the, all my games to the greatest that I possibly could, and I came out victorious um, because of that. I think it came down to like the last game, which was kind of dumb. But doesn't matter. We still had a good time playing it. It was fun. And it was fun for Bob because he did beat me in the last game. So that was a big <laughs> a big win for him, and it was really quite an honor to beat <laughs> It felt me. so good to do that. <laughs> to beat I love this it. game. It's just filled with so much tension. I... It stresses me out every time I play. Like I literally have to walk away while people take their turns because I cannot stand it. And I, I just, I love tension in board games. And Scythe just gives me all the tension. It, yeah, it. you should, you should see her play this game and how much like nervous energy she has. She's always like bouncing up and down, just like waiting for people to take their turn. And again, if you ever public service announcement, if you ever play Scythe with Natasha and I am not there to help you, two things. One, it's a race. You are racing to get all your stars out. That's normal. Like if if I play with people who played a lot, like I'm really bad. I am not that great of a player. Okay. So everybody knows that, Bob. Yeah. But continue. And number two, pay attention to when she moves because that's where you're going to get the Natasha turn where she's going to move a bunch of stuff and then take it all back and then move it again. And then you just, the thing is she does it so fast. She does it so quickly that you just don't know. You're like, I don't. Like, I feel like that's not right. But again, I, I don't can't see it until I actually see it out. And then I'm like, oh, no, that's not what I wanted to do. And I take it back. 
I it's, thought you were going to say once I put all my people out, you got one turn left in the. That is another it. thing. If you she ever puts out all her people, you have you, you just you now have a one turn clock. It's like clockwork. I could I can set my watch to it. <laughs> and I tell people that, and they're like, "No, she only has like she needs to put out two stars." I'm like, "She's going to do it on her next turn." <laughs> Come on, people. I just love that game. It's the it's tension. So I think it, yeah. I just love it. Although people have ruined my plans, you know, I'm I'm really not that great at it. I just play it the most out of all of our board gaming friends but when i played it at conventions like i get my butt handed to me there you have it yeah our number one game of all time scythe great game i love it and that wraps it up that is our top 100 the board game shenanigans top 100 games of all time nice yeah we did it we did it what what where's the party poppers at (laughs) those were like laser beams they weren't that i don't know next year so my goal for this year is to play all the games on this list that I haven't played, with the exception of a few that I know I won't like. The ones that I think I'll like, I want to get those. Oh, played. sure, sure. Yeah. So we can have a better, more accurate list next year. It'll be will be nice too. Next year's we'll be able to compare the two and see where things have changed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. All right. Well, that's our show for this week. Thanks for listening to our shenanigans. Join us next week where we're going to talk about what best games of twenty twenty two. All right, leave us a review. Check us out on Instagram or Facebook. Send us your questions or comments to boardgameshenanigans at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of our top 100 list. Uh, What games are your favorites? Have a great week, everyone. See you next week.